1: So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me on the pod this week to look ahead to Saturday's trip to the county ground to take on Swindon Town Our first up uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. Lewis, Merry Christmas to you. How are you?
2: Merry Christmas, mate. Yeah, good. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good for you. that's The reason I'm saying Merry Christmas is I've just finished my day job for the rest of the year now, so I'm in a very good mood. So, oh, me too, uh, mate. Me too. I'm off uh, now for Christmas yeah, as well. So, I'm feeling yeah, lovely Christ- stuff. Christmassy AF. And uh, also join us on the pod. It's it's almost like a glorious return. Someone who's actually finally found access to some Wi-Fi. It's Nath Muller. How you doing, Nath?
0: Not bad. I thought I was yeah. going to be like the story of Andy DeLort, where he never just turns up. But, you know, I'm here. I've got Wi-Fi. I still ain't going to have it at home until end of January. But you know, I thought I'd come in the office and uh, and then speak to you boys. And yeah. I'll bring I'll, I'll, I'll Tom later just to make sure he don't feel left yeah.
1: out. It must be weird for the listeners to imagine Nathan with an actual job, like in, in an office. I'd, I'd... Savage. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, there we go. He's, he's in He's in an actual office and, and they haven't kicked him out. security haven't come past yet. So really pleased to have Nathan on the pod this week as well. So as, as I said, we're going to be looking ahead to that game with Swindon Town. We're, of course, going to hear from Mr. Lee Bowyer, the Addicts boss, had his press day today. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about, including that very frustrating uh, postponement of the game against Bristol Rovers uh, in midweek. So we'll, we'll have a chat a bit about that, a bit about transfer window coming up. Uh, then we're going to hear from Ben Wills, a freelance journalist who covers Swindon Town ahead of our trip there and then Bo will preview uh, the game himself. So first of all I think we should drive straight into some Lee Bo your audio of course now on Tuesday everyone was looking forward to what would have been our last game with fans in uh, again for a little while obviously with London being turned Uh, into a tier three location once more. So everyone was buzzing, just get one more night out there at the football. But unfortunately it wasn't to be. Bristol Rovers uh, had a little outbreak of uh, COVID within their squad. uh, And unfortunately the game couldn't be happened. So Bo was asked today how disappointing it was that the Addicts weren't able to take advantage of some of the slips uh, that happened elsewhere in midweek and climb into that top two.
3: Yeah, um, disappointing obviously because preparation was good. Um, coming off the back of a good result I think the players were in a good place and and ready to go so obviously disappointing I mean can you I mean if there are any pluses I'm I'm guessing it's
4: players that wouldn't necessarily have been available for the week's game Uh, the midweek game might be
3: available for when it's rescheduled yeah yeah there's there's. you can always try and find a positive in everything anything can Obviously, we should have more players back for when the game's rearranged. So, uh, you can look at it that way. But obviously, if we'd have won on Tuesday, we'd have gone second. Um, So, that now we'll have to wait until a later date, you know. But it's always good to get the the, the points on the board instead of just piling up games and having games in hand. So, uh, like I said, it's disappointing because if we'd have won and we was in a good place and ready, um, we'd, we'd have gone into second place. So, um, but yeah, th- th- we'll have more players back by the time we play out. Well, sort of leads me on to the
4: next question, actually. I mean, we're seventh with um, four points off top spot with games in hand. But given the nature of the season already, as it's condensed anyway, um, are those games in hand a benefit
3: or coming towards the end of the season more of a, a hindrance? Well, and again, it depends where they put them, where they put them games, you know. Um, we could have maybe... Two t- tough Saturdays, and, and then they just throw it in the middle of that, um, wh- which we wouldn't want. Um, so yeah, obviously these are things that we can't control. This is down to the DFL and what they decide to, to to do with with the game. So um, yeah, I'd much rather have played Tuesday and and uh, and moved on, but it's not the case. So we just have to we have to crack on, as they say.
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the the, the the division, and it's it's a we knew it was going to be a crazy season, but only only four sides in that in the division so far are four games. have got a four game unbeaten run going. Uh, two are on a three game unbeaten run, and only one is, um, is current, are those are currently in the top ten. That's Doncaster. I mean, the most successful side in the last five games is fourth from bottom. It, is that do you do you see that continuing through the rest of the season? This sort of crazy crazy
3: results. Yeah, um, you look at Tuesday his results, no-one would have predicted them, Terry. Um, it's not just our division, it's all the divisions. Uh, the Premier League's the same, right? you just can't predict um, football. That's why we all love football, but in our division, this, it, it, like I said um, earlier on in the week, that any team can beat any team because every team's got players that can hurt you, whether it's from open play, whether it's from set-pieces, you know, like that, it's all part of the game. So uh, every game's tough. Um, we, we just played Wimbledon the other day got a good result against them and then they went up to Sunderland and and, and got a good point you know um, so yeah it's all, all the game Shrewsbury obviously we came away from there disappointed the other night um, conceding so late on and uh, and then they went and got a good result on, on Tuesday as well so that again since they've played us I think they've gone on a good little run and um, all the teams, all the teams that you, you wouldn't expect, Ecrute and Stanley's just chugging along behind everyone with games in hand, and, and they're in a good place. You know, um, uh, another team that you wouldn't expect to to be maybe pushing up the up the top end. So there's some good teams out there that people don't don't recognise. I think.
4: Well, it was a team that that, that I mentioned fourth from bottom, but they've uh, they're unbeaten in five games, with probably the form side of the division, which makes our point a little look a little bit better.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a good point. It's never easy going there. Obviously, uh, since I've been in charge, I think we've been there two or three times now, three times, and uh, only one once. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a tough place. There ain't no easy games, Terry. I wish there was,
1: Lebo. You're there speaking to Terry during today's press day. So, yeah, so frustrating, wouldn't it, Nate? That you know, after that win against AFC Wimbledon. Yeah. On uh, on the weekend, you you just want to go out there and just express yourselves and 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 build with that momentum. And you know, before we even come on to the fans, I mean, that's a shame that the team couldn't go out and and sort of pick up where they left off against Wimbledon over the weekend.
0: Yeah, I think in a usual season you'd have um, it'll be you know we've lost the momentum. It's such you know you know going two one down and then pulling it back. It magnificent momentum and then obviously Johnny scoring. Um, but also the other side of it is it means it's another game further down the road. And I mean, a lot of the time you can go, oh, we can have game in hand. And, but just because you have a game in hand, it doesn't mean that you're you're necessarily going to win those. I mean, look at Sunderland last year. I think they, uh, in this league, they had loads of games in hand. And then they just felt the pressure and couldn't deliver on it. So I would have rather have played it. I think everyone would rather have played it, um, especially when he locked down. It was the last game we see for God knows how long, but... Um, yeah disappointing but i mean we are going to have to win that win that game and it's going to put more pressure on pressure on us further down the line um but yeah it's a shame that we couldn't carry on because i think the first half on um on on, on saturday wasn't wasn't good it wasn't i was f- seething at the end and then um but yeah what a way to come round and it is a shame that we couldn't just pick up where we left off because it would i thought it would have been a good game because um bristol rovers ain't you know they're not no slouches and I thought it would have been a good game but disappointing um but it as in the famous words of Bo says it is what it is you just deal with it get on with it and um we just got to focus on the next game which is obviously saturday
1: yeah i actually thought when when, when that announcement came through on tuesday lewis we've probably got well it feels like we've got off a little bit lightly this season because some teams have had quite a few games called off because of the the coronavirus and the the challenges that that pose but it, it, it it's just a reminder really isn't it to everyone what sort of what, what sort of a strange world we're living in at the moment and and plans can can have to change at the drop of a hat and that does make things more difficult for Bo because he would have done a full you know prep for that game he would have done full training sessions the players would have been buzzing to go for it and all of a sudden things change within what it must have been seven or eight hours before kickoff
2: yeah, it's a real shame and, and as you say, the the times we live in at the moment, these things do change at the drop of a hat and I think sport as a whole, it's been fairly sort of un sort of undisturbed, if you like, um this season. We've we've got away, as you say, sort of um fairly lightly in the in the whole COVID situation. We've obviously had a few cases within the camp with Chucks and Dylan Levitt, but in, in terms of like larger scale uh, outbreaks, we've been quite good, you know, touch wood and keeping everything crossed that it stays that way. Um and yeah, it's tough because, as Nate said, there like the the momentum we'd have taken from that that game on Saturday, you know, to fight back from two one down, uh, show that second half performance to to win five two, the lads would have been buzzing to go and would have fancied themselves against Bristol Rovers on Tuesday night, especially in front of fans for the last time for a little while. We you know we don't really know how long that's going to last, but I think it it was a really good atmosphere on Saturday as well. So it's a real shame that that we've been plunged into Tier three. Um, I mean, I've been in it anyway, so. Um, I'm used to it now, but uh, you, you know if everyone in London that was able to go to the game it's a real shame um that stopped so quickly um but yeah, you know, as nave said with with the slip ups mid as well, it does put that extra pressure on because it's out of your control a little bit when you're when you're playing at the same time, you know you haven't really got your eye on the results, but now knowing that there were those slip ups and we know that we've probably made up a little bit of ground if we get that result against Bristol Rovers whenever that fixture's played, it probably does add that little bit of extra pressure. Um, So we just need to learn to cope with that and try and take advantage of the the games in hand that we do have over the, the chasing pack and the people we're trying to catch and hopefully try and get ourselves closer to that top two.
1: Mm. I mean, the explanation of the rules surrounding postponements and that is still quite confusing, isn't it, Nave? Because we saw, I mean, we don't know for certain, but apparently Thomas Sangard sort of mentioned that that Bristol Rovers only had a couple of players out and and the entire game gets called off. Mm. Sunderland had something like eight first teamers out and and they went on and played AFC Wimbledon during the week, unable to beat them, unlike us. You know, although obviously they did have eight players out. But, um, you know, it, it, it does make it slightly confusing. I guess if, if Bristol Rovers had all travelled as a squad or something, that might have had a had a bearing on what happened. But it would be nice to see a little bit more transparency as to how these rules work, etc. Because, it, I mean, Lee Johnson, the Sunderland manager, was absolutely baffled that his side had to go ahead and play on, uh, on, on Tuesday evening.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it obviously doesn't help with the clarity. But I think with... The whole of coronavirus, I think the whole of society is is lacking in clarity, which, you know, it, it's hard at the moment. I mean, you look at, you know, furlough gets extended. So you look, you look at businesses, you could go down that way. It's lacking clarity there because, you know, pubs are open one day and then two days later they're closing and then all the stock's gone or they've got to throw it away. Um, and football's no different. There's not really strict, you know, strict you know, rules. And at the end of the day, if they feel that, there's any you know safety issues if that's what you want to call it or health risks to anyone then they have to call it off but it is a bit weird how ours was so I can only imagine it's that Bristol probably knew well in advance or or I don't know maybe one of their players showed you know bad signs of Covid maybe and then they said well you know we'll stop that um, and, and and Barnsley did uh, Barnsley and then and Sunderland had to go ahead I don't know, I mean, but in terms of the Sunderland thing, I mean, we said, I said on the group the other day, they said eight players are out, but of the ten that played on on uh, Tuesday against Wimbledon, six of them started the previous game and four come off the bench. The only player that wasn't was Aidan O'Brien. Um, and the only, you know, granted Willis and I think it was Gooch on the bench for Sunderland had, you know... They are first-teamers, but they haven't played many games. So, their bench was a bit weak. But, I mean, come on. like Look at us in a few years ago. I remember South End away. We only had like three. But I don't think they could start saying about eight first-teamers. I think it was a bit... I think it was just a bit of an excuse, really. But, um, yeah, I just think it, you're going to lack clarity because not a lot of people know it changes. It evolves, you know. Everything changes every single day. Um, and I don't think you can put... A, they can sit there and write rules till the cows come home in terms of COVID. But... It just evolves, it, you know. Situations change. Not everyone gets the results at the same time. For all we know, they could have had the cut, the tests come back like just when they was on the way to the game. I don't know, but I don't know how they can make it uh, more clearer. Um, obviously, that's what we all want. But I, without knowing the full details, um, obviously, I can't really sort of disagree with the EFL at the moment because I don't know the full details. All it is, well, Charlton did. But Sunderland had to play. So without the full details, I don't know what I mean.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'll come back to you, nave actually, as well with this question, just because Lewis was unfortunately already in the situation where he couldn't go. But, I mean, that, yeah. that, that was a big blow. The last, you know, we are all sort of counting our lucky stars that we were the first game in London after the Tier 2 restrictions came in following the previous lockdown. Yeah. And now we're, you know, we, we were set to be one of the last games in London on the Tuesday before it started at midnight again. So, I mean, I mean that That does feel like a big loss, I mean I'm lucky enough to still get to go, but even i i, I you know the the day the m k Dons game I woke up feeling like it was Christmas Eve, I was so excited to see the fans back, but you know everyone's had that that joy taken away from it that's another kick in the teeth, isn't it after this year
0: yeah, of course I mean same as you, I mean for m k Dons I woke up feeling like it was Christmas, and by the time the game finished, I thought it was Halloween, but it, I mean it got uh, very good <laughs> but it got um, it got better obviously the the Wimbledon game we're saying that the first, it started alright and then the last last bit I was like what's happening here um, but yeah it got better um, but it was nice for you know people to um, like you're saying just to go and see a game um, it was just a bit surreal at first because I can't believe how long it was it was been and it got in a weird way you started getting used to it watching it all on telly with the you know with the fake noises and, and all that jazz but yeah, it's a bit gutting really, but listen, we know we've got, um, it's frustrating, um, I feel for people that didn't manage to get to, to any of the two games, uh, of course I do, but at the end of the day we know that you know health is the most important thing, um, football is just a game, a game that we all love, but um, I can't see it being too long until everyone's back in there a lot more than they are now. But. Um it was a nice experience whilst it lasted. <laughs> Bear, <laughs> bearing in mind that you know it was it's only two games, but yeah. you know, it is what it is and we just it's, got to focus it's... on the bigger things, haven't we?
1: Two more than 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 a lot of clubs have had, I guess. So like so we have to count our lucky side. It's so frustrating though, that the it's proven that I think you can get in and out of the valley, two thousand, probably even do more, and it's you can you can make it safe. And and yeah, I guess, you know, in, in these times that we live in, it's not easy. Uh, for the people who have to make these decisions. Um, Lewis, I mean, talking about the... Bo mentioned it in that little clip, having games in hand, and sometimes it it can be seen as a good thing. And to be fair, considering the way this season has sort of been set up, it is kind of top-heavy, if that makes sense. I do feel like there's a lot more Tuesday night games in the first half of the season. I don't know if I've imagined that, but I do feel like there's, there's been quite a lot, especially considering we've had the, the Pizza Cup as well. I mean, look, looking at the second half of the season, there doesn't appear to be quite quite as many. So you'd probably rather space out the season the way it has. I'm guessing they've done that, just in case we do get these situations where there's a lot of games that still need to be played come into the, the season. There's a little bit of man- man- uh, room to manoeuvre in, uh, in the schedule still.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like you say, it has been sort of incredibly congested, isn't it? And apart from the international breaks where, you know, some clubs, not not us because of the players we have, but some clubs have had to play through that. So they haven't even had a break uh, in those, you know, in those instances with us. Now we're out of those competitions, you know, the FA Cup, League Cup and and the pizza trophy. We can just focus on the league. And although it is a shame that it was called off Tuesday, I think more from the supporter side and obviously playing momentum side, it may give us that little bit of a break, you know, because obviously we're approaching that, you know, the congested fixture list that we get at Christmas. You know, we've got, what, uh, what, five games between now and and New Year, maybe four games between now and the New Year. Um, So this time of year always is sort of the most congested. So taking the Bristol Rovers game out of it, maybe it does... Give the players, you know, that little bit more rest after the Wimbledon game to go into Swindon, and they've got another week off before they before they play Plymouth on Boxing Day. So it could be seen as a positive in that way. But I I do think that it would have been nice to keep that momentum going. And I think I'd have been confident of us getting a result on Tuesday, um, especially with the fans in there as well. They would have given it some, you know, knowing that they weren't going to be able to go back uh, for however long. Um, but you know, where we are, where we are with it, um, I do think that it doesn't work as much of an an advantage because I think the pressure's there. I think when you're, if you're playing the same amount of games, you you kind of look at it and you can't control what's going on around you. But when when you know the outcomes of games and you're you're looking at the likes of, you know, Haaland, Lincoln and people like that, that have maybe got the, the game in hand, or maybe some other clubs like Peterborough have got the two in hand. You are thinking, well, if I win this, if we win those we'll be this far ahead of them and this far ahead of them rather than, you know, you can't really control it when everyone's playing at the same time. And it, it does put that additional pressure on. But like I say, we are where we are with it and we'll we'll deal with it as it comes. But I don't know when the Bristol Rovers game will get rescheduled. I imagine it'd be the other side of Christmas, but just because of that congested fixture list. But the way it looks at the moment, I think it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise. It'd give us, give us time to have the two, you know, the next two games with a week between each of them. Then you've got a midweek fixture away to Peterborough and then you're travelling away to Hull. So... Maybe a little bit of rest uh, ahead of the coming weeks, and that congested fixture period might do us a little bit of good.
1: Mm, yeah, no, there was some mental, there was some bizarre results, wasn't there, in, in midweek? Uh, seeing seeing uh, Shrewsbury uh, going to get an, a win away from home again. You know they're beating what were the top two. Uh, Hull losing at Blackpool, you know. Talk about Sunderland being held by FC Wimbledon if you want. Pompey being held by Fleetwood. Ipswich actually winning a game is quite quite remarkable in this day and age as well. So you know, and um, it, it's crazy to see us sitting down in seventh in the league table, you know, <laughs> because two points and we'd be seconds, you know. Two to you know, if we win if we win Saturday and and no one else does, we go second. Obviously, other player, other teams go, but it's. It's up for grabs, isn't it? It's very tight in that in that top six. Uh, we're only four points behind Hull. There's one, two, three, four, five. Is that four four teams on thirty-two points? Us and Doncaster both on thirty. Ackrington just behind us on twenty-nine. You can see why Sky picked that game in in uh, January for for TV as well. It's this this league is tight, and this league now we're seeing more and more of these odd results as as the uh, the the congested fixture list starts to catch up with everyone.
0: Yeah, it, it, it gets tighter. I think in in any normal season, um, one thing that you might hear a lot is it's it's difficult, um, for, for especially with the teams up at the, the sort of higher ends of the table. It's harder to keep that or maintain that level of ability, that level of momentum, that level of performance. And um, if that's what it's like in a normal sort of season where it's less congested, um, I think this season you're gonna it's going to be even tougher to maintain. You know that level and that consistency and I think that probably plays into the the fact of all the random results which we've seen and I think you will continue to see I mean even if you look at us we've done we went we were flying and then we were just all of a sudden we were poor against MK and it just seemed like we couldn't hit a, hit a barn door with a banjo but I think it'll I think you're going to get ebbs and flows throughout the season um I mean obviously for us it's, it's, it's a good thing because obviously we're chasing the lights of the holes and the Peterboroughs. Um, and it's going to be harder for them to maintain that. But um, I think you're going to see it all year, mate, to be honest. Um, But it's just whoever really tries to reduce the Jekyll and Hyde performances and who can try and keep the most consistent level as possible is where you're going to be. But, I mean, God knows what it's going to be like when it comes to playoffs. Because you could see someone, you could be third, someone third who's flying and all of a sudden they turn up for playoffs and they'll get spanked 5-0, you never know. But mm. I just think that's why I try not to get too sort of down. I mean, obviously MK, I was really angry, but when you think about it, it's, like, it's hard for the lads, you know, it's, it's a lot harder than it is usually. Um, and we just got to try and make sure that we have better performances than worse ones, which sounds pretty simple when, I, when you say it like that, but I mean, that's the key of it really.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if anyone ever has actually hit a cow's ass with a banjo knife. I don't know if you know because obviously <laughs> you've you've been away for a few weeks. Is that what you've been up to, really? Like keeping yourself busy?
0: Oh, I was going to say something then, but I don't know if it's ready for radio. Ah, uh, go on, <laughs> I can edit it out if I need to. No, it's just straight. I was going to say it doesn't have to be a cow or about ba- about ba- a cow. Door. was it a cow with a banjo or something?
1: Cow. It's a cow's, cow's ass, ass, ass with a, a banjo. banjo. I was going to say it could band- be any door. animal.
0: A yeah. barn door. Yeah, because I was being yeah. polite. I'm a polite man.
1: Well, not when you're out (laughs) smacking cows up the arse with a banjo, but we. uh, (laughs) Right, I think uh, we should have a quick break here before Nathan gets his banjo string out, and uh, we'll go to a break when we come back. We shall talk about the transfer window. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Apologies to anyone who I whamageddons there. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing until we put the, the wham jingle on the last show um but apparently that's the thing dave berry uh the uh the dj and obviously a famous charlton fan tweeted us about it uh apparently people are trying to go as as far as they can into december without hearing that song by wham but because i put it on the pod now if you've heard it apparently you have to donate to great ormond street hospital so it sounds like a good little game that dave set up there so apologies to anyone who's lost but it's all in the in the name of fun and uh if you're listening dave uh i hope, hope you've raised a few more quid there so um i thought it's Lewis uh, you, you would have seen uh from uh the 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 tweet from Richard Corley during the week that showed a picture of the uh FC Micheland striker uh Ronnie Schwartz was was at the Valley for the game against AFC Wimbledon a player we've been linked with uh, in January it sounds I mean, it sounds like a move that could could have happened if we weren't basically unable to make transfers at the time and then and it, it basically never came through but it, it apparently friendly with Thomas Sandgaard and seen in the crowd. We don't know a great deal about him. He had a a good goal-scoring record at his old team, which is Silkborg, who I've never heard of. To be fair, uh, Mitchelland I've heard of as well. In, in league games uh, this season, he's got six goals in fifteen games, so half decent return there. He's been playing obviously European football uh, with the side as well. Um, I mean, is is a, uh, we'll hear from Bayer in a minute what his plans are for the transfer window. But there is, I mean, is a, is another striker one of your Sort of priorities for the upcoming window?
2: Um, it's a difficult one really. I mean, I like the idea of him coming in originally, um, but at that time I think we hadn't we hadn't even signed uh, Paul Smith or Omar Bogle at that stage. Um obviously when you look at the striking options, you've had Chucks is performing very well, but his only weakness is he doesn't seem to be able to last a whole game. Like we're kind of, you know, we're we're using him to you know, his his main capability, which is either coming on as a bit of a super sub or he's starting a game and maybe lasting sort of 60 minutes. Smith's out at the moment, but couldn't play out wide as well. Um, he's impressed me uh, when he's played. Um, Connor Washington's having a great season, isn't he? You know, he's, he's got a, a decent amount of goals so far. His hold-up play's good. Um, again, can play out wide if needed. And then Omar Bogle maybe is the... the Sort of the not the most disappointing, but hasn't done as much as the others. I mean, he's he's getting better on the ball. I think. I mean, some of the the play that you know, he's he's more of like a hold up player. He he does bring the likes of Washington and and that into play. But ultimately, as a striker, you want to see him scoring goals, and he he's got that one goal so far. And you know, arguably, we probably expected a bit of a better turnaround from him. So I don't I don't see it as a negative at all. I mean, I I think that. You know, we've we've had a couple of murmurs on Twitter over the the last few weeks, mainly after some disappointing results where we've been crying out for like a number nine sort of striker. Um, I haven't really seen a huge amount of Ronnie Schwartz to, to sort of stamp on whether he is that, but his goal returns fairly, you know, it's fairly decent at, at the level he plays. Um, where he is at the moment, Michelin, they're obviously playing in the Champions League. I don't know if he's featured for them this season because I know that there was speculation with us at the start of the season as well. But his turnover in the other games, you know, his his goal ratio is pretty good. So I, I don't see, um, I think, he'd, you know, I think he'd be a good addition if he does come in. Um, the only concern is maybe the history of, of players coming in from previous owners <laughs> with the whole network that we had with, with yeah, Roland. I
1: mean, that, that's exactly the point I was I was thinking, actually. I mean, uh, obviously, it's, it's something you'd want Steve Gallon and Bo to have a look at, Lewis, as you said. Yeah. Mm. Um, that 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 would be the main concern for me. I mean, he's thirty-one years old as well. He's getting on a bit, but at the same time, if Bo does take like the look of him, then, then why not Lewis?
2: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Ultimately, as long as as long as Lee Bowyer and, and Steve Gallon are getting the final say on on whether he comes in or he doesn't, which I'm sure would be the case with Thomas, I I don't see it as a negative because if they see something in him, then you know their track record with players is fantastic. I just hope it's not another one of these sort of favour things that we, like with Roland when we had all the players come over from Standard when he first came in that we nowhere near good enough. Uh, and obviously other network clubs as well. Um, I understand that the, the ownership under Thomas is completely different. Um, so it'd be, it'd be one of those where you'd have to come in and prove us wrong, but ultimately uh, it seems as if Thomas is as well and truly behind, you know, Bowen and, and Steve Gallon being behind all in charge of all footballing decisions. Um, we were linked with him before. So maybe, you know, even before Thomas came in, I think so. You never know. It, it Maybe it is someone that has been identified as well by Steve Gallen. So we'll see. If it goes over the line, then um, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Um, it'd be nice to hear what Bo thinks about it. I don't think you said anything about it yet.
1: let press the wrong button there. Uh, no, I, I, he hasn't He hasn't given any comments on it yet. I mean, uh, Nathan, I'm just, just looking at Ronnie's um, Wikipedia page. It doesn't mention anything about his banjo playing abilities. But, I mean, is that the sort of player... <laughs> that you'd like? I mean, would you like someone who's, who's got more more experience on, on the woodwind section?
0: I think so. Um, I think, I know he's got good at set pieces, good at free kicks. I think he comes across as, I'd like to think something like a maverick, but again, I've not gone, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know the Danish league inside out, but I think if you're playing at um, probably, I mean, your Danish Premier League isn't the you know, same level as the English Premier League, but you're probably looking at Championship League One, aren't you? Um, and I think if you've got a good pedigree in there, he's got experience playing in European competitions. I, don't, I think it's worth a it's worth a go. I think what other striker are you going to get? You're not going to get a Johnson Clark Harris. You're not getting Ivan Tony. So I think we've got a little be a little bit cuter really in terms of recruitment. And I think if if you look at the the previous types of players that Stephen Lee has brought in, I don't think those two are just going to sit there and accept, uh, you know, Swartzy if if they really think he isn't going to contribute to the team. So, um, I do think we do need another forward. Um, just, a, I don't know. I mean, Omar's doing okay. Uh, Chucks is again, his injury problems. Um, if he does need a rest, we, you know, we can't just rely on Omar. We haven't really got anyone else there. And I think that probably another pacey winger, I think we're lacking. So, um, I think he'll be a good bit of business as long as he's not going to break the bank, which I don't think he can anyway. And, um, and we can see how it goes. I don't, I don't think there's any harm in it at all.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, Lee Bayer was asked about the uh, January transfer window coming up during press day by Terry. Tell asked him if uh, the club, any club that does good business in January could give themselves the edge for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, but I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for any, any side to do any business. Um, this cap... Love it alright. It's it's making everything a lot more difficult for, for people to bring in players and, and change things around. Um, we're no different to, to everybody else. We've got a tiny bit of money left over. We're still under the cap by a little bit, so we might be able to move a little bit, but um, unless you're way under the cap and you, you, you've you got money, then uh, it's going to be tough. And because there's no fans or anything, then then all clubs are going to be finding it difficult financially. So there's, there's a lot of barriers, if you like, to, to be able to do business in our division and, and, and below. Championship, obviously, and the premiership are completely different. But, but for us, it's, it's going to be tough to, to do any business. So, um,
1: And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but obviously now just a couple of weeks till January, the owner was here over the last week. Are there sort of specific positions or players that you're looking at? Obviously, it's going to be a hard window, but are there specific players or positions you're looking at?
3: No, I think that the most important thing in any window, if you do, if you are able to, to make signings and bring people in, they have to make you better. Um, there's no point just making signings for the sake of making signings, you know? Mm. Um, no point wasting money. If, if there is someone out there that, that can make you stronger in any position, then that's something that we'd look to do because we always want to try and improve the team and improve the squad. So uh, we're no different to anybody else. Everybody else will be thinking the same. So if there is any way of doing any business, it has to be right and it has to make us stronger.
1: Yeah, perfect. And, And lastly, obviously, a lot of lone players have been performing well. George Lapsley, Josh Davison, to name a couple. Any chance that we could see them coming back or are you hoping that they stay on for the season?
3: I would like for them to stay on. Yeah. Um, the, the whole point of it if George was here at the moment he wouldn't really be playing so George for his development um, to, to go out there into the big well the big wide world if you like and and, and keep playing games and, and learning the game he's, he's got a good manager there in, in Nigel um, so yeah the most important thing for George and, and all our low and is go and play games and, and, and do well so yeah um, I'm really pleased
1: for them. There we go, Lee Bowyer. you're talking about the transfer, and obviously uh, talks about Lee uh, George Lapsey as well, which we'll come on to in, in a few seconds' time. Um, yeah, obviously you have to work within the wage cap, Lewis, so the wheeling and dealing that needs to be done, it will be difficult. It probably, you hope, will mean that there'll be a lot of clubs in League One that... You know, they won't all be able to go and flex their financial muscle. Not that there is a lot of it in League One at the moment anyway. So it's going to make it a very interesting almost game of chess in, in January with people really being careful with what, what they've got and, and seeing if it is possible to improve their squad for the running.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's the first, like you say, it's the first window where everyone's going to be on an even playing field because in the summer you think, our takeover came through late. We already had those um, financial fair play wage cap, uh, you know, in place, didn't we? We already had it there where a lot of clubs were able to do their business early on, especially with the curtailment of the season. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. And also with the, with the bailout, if that's happening, you know, with the clubs, if they take up on this grant, what they're allowed to spend. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that we probably won't take up the grant because we're lucky enough to have Thomas, but some of these clubs may have to, you know, I've, I've seen Darren McAnthony talking about uh, financial struggles, you know, with again, with further, further suspending of, of fans and stuff at Peterborough. So they're a club that are up there with us. So whether they, they take anything out of the pot and that limits what they can do in January to strengthen. I mean, they've already got a fairly decent side, so be interesting to see what they did do. Um, but yeah, for the likes of us, I mean, our squad is, it's not overly light, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the, the signings we made in the summer, especially under the wage cap, it was all really good business. I mean, if you if we are having Ronnie Schwartz come in, uh, it'd be interesting to see what that does to the money, um, and, and the cap as well, and, and what we're allowed to pay him, and how much that uses of our of what we've got left in the pot. If maybe anyone, any of the youngsters might head out on loan, you know, to Vennings and people like that. Um, and also if we want to get any further, cover anywhere else. I mean, goalkeeper we've got. We've got Ash, haven't we, um, if Amos gets injured, and he's been very highly rated. Um, defensively, if you take away the injuries we've had to to Ines and to Akinfamwo, we've got good cover there with, with Deji Shalaja and, and Piercy. Matthews and um, uh, Gunter, right back, and then Perrington and Mattson, left back. So all over the pitch, we've got quite a lot of depth, which is good. Um, so I think, as you say, we, we do have to sort of spend smart with what we've got in, left in the cap, and it would be interesting to see how much of that cap's taken up if Ronnie Schwartz is coming in. Because I, I mean, I don't know what sort of salaries you earn in in Danish football uh, compared to to League One, but how much of the the allowance is taken up if Ronnie Schwartz comes in would be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, certainly would be now. Something else that was mentioned there by Lee Bowyer is, of course, the Loneys that are out and about, and in particular, uh, George Lapsley out at Mansfield Town. You know, obviously he's he's played a lot of games for us in in uh, in in League football. You know, he's made 16 starts and 24 appearances off the bench in that. That's in the Championship and League One, of course. But a lot of those did come in the in the Championship. But he, he has gone back out to get a bit more. Experiences out in Mansfield didn't start too well for him because obviously he got sent off in his first game. But since then, it sounds like he's uh really lighting the place up. He's got four goals uh, in in his games from Mansfield. He's playing a hell of a lot of games. He's getting everything he needs out there. I mean, I was, uh, you know, when when he gets all these goals, you see one or two people asking if we ought to think about recalling him, Nave. But you know, twenty three years old, he's out there getting week week to week league football. Probably It's probably best for his uh, development that he stays out there, gets a few more and then hopefully comes back next season a player ready for us to, to chuck into, you know, hopefully Championship, if not League One football. Well,
0: exactly. I think that, I mean, when you loan a player out, the reason that you do it is not only for them to, you know, develop as a player, but for them to see, to get the highs and the lows he's good in form. You know, he got a disappointment, obviously, very early on in his uh, Mansfield spell, but he's going to get that. And I think he needs, I think, I don't think um, anyone can doubt the work rate and, you know, the enthusiasm Georgie brings. But I think for me, uh, there were times, especially in the middle of the park, he needs to be... a little bit more physical, um, and I think at that level he's going to learn. He's playing against men, you know, and he's playing week in, week out, not just coming off the bench or playing the odd game for us. Um, he needs that development so he can push on, whether that's with us or with another club. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why you get sent out, is, is that you enjoy the good times, but then there's going to be lows for him. And um, just because he's playing well... Um, I think you should only call him back if he's going to play. Because if if Bose calls him back because he's playing well, and then he's just sitting on the bench for the next few months, there's not much point, is there really? Um, unless we unless we obviously were really short in the middle of the park and he's going to play every week, there's no point bringing him back for me. So um, it's good to see him that he's doing well. Um, and yeah, I mean yeah, let, let him continue developing. is that what I think.
1: Yeah, I'm delighted. that He's hit the ground running so well up there, and got a few goals, and uh, scored the uh, the winner, didn't he, away at Sunderland in the FA Cup? So a massive goal for him there. So I'm really pleased that George is uh, getting his uh, experience in there. Right, let's start to turn our attention. Uh, to Saturday starting off with this email from Phil Hall looking ahead of the uh, Swindon game says hi guys looking forward to Saturday's game I feel that with another week of training and no midweek game the understanding between the players will have improved even more last week Jake Forster Kaski, and Marcus Madison linked well together at times and I don't think I've ever seen a player with such quick feet As Madison. I believe the squad will be much the same for Swindon, but it's good to see that Paul Smith has had his stitches out and will be back soon in the mix. Good addition to the medical team getting Danny Murphy back as the players benefited from his presence at the end of last season, and maybe our recovery times will improve with his involvement. With the strength of the squad we have and the promise of strengthening further in January, we should definitely be in there with a strong chance for automatic promotion. Thomas Sangard has worked wonders in the two months he's been our owner. A few songs that come to mind for a Charlton album ain't no stopping us now things can only get better the only way is up well I'm pretty sure that Thomas will be happy to play those on his guitar anyway Uh, that's regards that's from Mr. 19 keep up the good work he says cheers Phil thanks for getting involved on this evening's show Uh, Charlton Exile as well said that the results went our way in midweek and at that point against Shrewsbury is looking even better uh, after their results recently irritating that we couldn't play on tuesday uh, as we could have gone second but there's still plenty to be upbeat about Certainly years so right let's have another quick break when we come back we're going to really start to turn our attention to sunday uh, to saturday sorry uh, our game with swindon town
0: He swings it towards the far post. Innes jumps heads down. Bogle touches down. Yeah! Smacks yeah! it in! And Shaw will take the lead. That's a really well-worked corner. Innes with the head down, Bogle touches it. And Darren Prattley, the substitute, just smacks it into the roof of the net.
1: Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now, Saturday's game, Saturday, uh, is, of course, with uh, Swindon Town over at the County Ground. Second time we would have played there uh, this season uh, after the opening uh, was the, the the game against them in the Capital One Cup was our second game of the season, wasn't it, in the League Cup, where we, we won by three goals to one. Obviously, mccauley Bon uh charlie barker and chookson Ike were on the score sheet for the addicts thomas Sangar was in uh, attendance that day but he wasn't officially the owner that was still when he was trying to buy the club uh and well i think that was the first time he actually saw us win a game of football so i'm sure he enjoyed that one now i wanted to find out a little bit more about swindon town obviously promoted uh from uh, league two last season they haven't had the best of times uh this year if we're being brutally honest and they've uh, lost each of the last four games they sit inside the relegation zone on uh 22nd on 16 points so not a great start to the season for them uh, i wanted to find out a little bit more uh, about the robins so i spoke to ben wills a freelance journalist who covers uh, swindon town and asked him how the start of the season has gone so far
5: yeah it's also been quite a struggle i think uh definitely not as enjoyable as many would have would have expected, I think lead two promotion, even though it was curtailed by the uh, by the by the pandemic. It was a very enjoyable season last year for obvious reasons. And this year it's been kind of a you know a, a bump back down to earth for the likes of which you have been uh paced by Salford and, and John Sheridan coming in and not quite uh, delivering what he needs to at the moment despite the uh, the Derby wins over Oxford and Bristol Rovers.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing the the fans were probably quite disappointed when when Richie Wellings decided to to move on. How have they um, received John Sheridan so far?
5: Uh, not particularly well. I have to I have to uh, confess, I think Richie Wellings brought such an exciting and, and dynamic style of football that have really got a lot of fans that have been sort of on the way with really back on the side. And John Sheridan is more uh, more defensive, put it that way, and, and, and more uh, trying to be solid and, and not quite working. So definitely a big contrast in. You know the exciting fellow football from Richard Wilkins and John Shield. It a bit
1: more, a bit more cautious in their approach. Yeah, and we can see. I mean, the recent form hasn't been good. Four straight defeats in League One since that that Derby win over over Oxford. What would you put the, the the recent downturn down to? I guess you could argue it's been going on all season with with the odd win littered here and there.
5: Yeah, I think I think in fairness to Sheridan that the, the squad is listed of injuries and, and there is a, a lot of players who are struggling for setness. I think we've only got two centre midfielders currently, so Anthony Grant and Matt Smith have pre- pretty much played every game together with Jack Payne doing the odd um, sort of standing role in centre middle when he's actually a ten. So the, the squad is definitely light on numbers and every question sorry, every every week there, there seems to be a question on um which players is going to be back and Seen as, as one uh, returns, another two go down sort of thing. So it's definitely been hard in that regard. But I still think Sheridan could probably do a little better than uh, than what he has done because he has got. But there's no doubting that uh, he's definitely been uh, hampered with the, <laughs> the fitness or lack of fitness in the squad so far. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously following promotion in in, in the summer, what would what would have been the uh, the expectations for this campaign? Is it was it just about survival, or did Swindon fans have higher hopes than that?
5: I think League One's a funny league and obviously there are, you know, your, your undoubted front run of the likes of Sunderland and Portsmouth and, and Peterborough and teams like that, but I think there's always the surprise packages that can challenge the likes of the likes of Fleetwood and, and obviously Wickham last year. So I think some might have been um a little bit ambitious for promotion. I think I, I could have, you know, pre season expected maybe the playoffs when Richie Williams was in charge, but since he's left and, and since uh, you know the reality of the pandemic have really hit, I think uh, and, and since Sharon's arrival, well, I think the the, the, uh, the expectation now really is surviving in League One, being a League club, uh, being a League One club next season, and also because of the pandemic, being a club next season, given that we could see um, a couple of clubs go to the wall if you know certain certain help isn't being provided by the year another team and another um, organisation. So yeah, I think I think now expectations have really been and just about finishing uh twentieth and above and being a
1: club next season. Mm. I mean, how are Swindon fair in in that regard in terms to finances and that? I'm trying to I'm trying to think if they I think their chairman is like a former Charlton player. Is is that still that Lee is it power or something like that?
5: It is Lee Power, yeah. I think I think Swindon are doing okay, but I think it's, it's quite hard to quite hard to determine given that he doesn't really release his, his, his full statements. There hasn't been any real threat of administration um during his time during his time here, and Twins have had a lot of threats about that sort of thing in terms of being demoted uh, back in the 90s. So, uh, Twins are well aware of the, f- the phrase of administration. There's always that lingering panic, given the club has always been through quite a lot of times um, in its recent history. But uh, there's been no threats that really we know of really under power, but there's, a, there's an upcoming court case in a, in a couple of weeks, which will uh, definitely cause a few uh, nervous reactions and, and, and headlines, I guess. Um, but apart from that, I think the cover just
1: about doing OK. Yeah, I mean, whenever you put the words owner and Charlton in the same sentence, there's always trouble that follows. Although I think it was slightly grandiose when I described him as a former Charlton player, because I just looked it up. He played five games for us on loan. But I knew, I knew <laughs> there was a link there somewhere. Um, so looking ahead to the game on, on Saturday, um, uh, am I right in thinking there's still going to be fans? Is, Swind- is Swindon still in, in Tier 2? Yeah, I think the tier uh, you know, update is going to be released over,
5: uh, tomorrow on a few days' time. But Swindon are in tier two at the time of at the time of recording, and we had our first game with uh, fans last week, in a you know three against Fleetwood, we saw two thousand people at the Canongrand, which is which is much welcome. So, um, so yeah, unless there's a, a tier update and Swindon gets upgraded. Uh, between now and Saturday, then um, yeah, there should be 2,000 fans in attendance on
1: Saturday. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be the case because it's, it's so much better, isn't it, with the supporters. Now, of course, and, and looking ahead to the game itself, who are the the danger men in the Swindon Town side that the the Charlton fans and players should be very wary of?
5: <laughs> Whoever's fit is generally the answer to that question this season. But I think if I was gonna if I was gonna put on anyone, I think Matt Smith and Smith in field is always someone who could who, who can uh, create something out of nothing and. You know, we already got an early claim to fame that uh, he is part of the Arsenal FA Cup winning squad that beat Chelsea uh, earlier on in the year. So he's got an FA Cup winning medal under his belt and an FA Cup winner at Swindon. He's always a, a useful player and can cause problems. And, and Tyler Smith, uh, the club's football score of seven, um, he's doing quite well up front online from Sheffield Island as well so there's two uh, promising low needs that could cause Charlton problems at uh, the weekend
1: thanks very much to Ben who is uh, all over everything Swindon as you could hear there um, yeah it's not been the greatest of starts of the season for him Lewis and you know I just wonder how much that, that game in the League Cup that we played against him earlier on this season will, will you know have a bearing on this one it'll give us the confidence certainly to go into it as will of course the fact that we, we weren't in uh, you know, coming off the back of a good result as well on Saturday,
2: yeah, definitely. And just listening to you then talking about the goal scorers on that day, it feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Like Charlie Barker and Macaulay Bon and everything. It's just uh, it's mad how much has changed between that game and now. Um, and yeah, the the positive result Saturday would obviously set us in good stead. Swindon haven't had a great year. Obviously, lost uh, Richie Wellens, didn't they? Earlier on in the season, he went to move over to Salford to take over at Salford after they lost uh, Graham Alexander. So they obviously got promoted with Richie Wellens last year so to lose your promotion winning manager so early on into a season it's probably not them a little bit um so yeah I think we're we're going to be going into this fairly confident especially as you say given the result from the cup game when we played them before and the squad that we had at that time and when you look at the squad we have now obviously we've only got stronger so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how we how we play away from home as well um not can't remember if Swindon are in tier two still or if they've been moved to tier three off the top of my head so I don't know if they're gonna have fans still, or in, not.
1: still in tier two after today so yeah, yeah so they, they're gonna they have, have they're fans, gonna have yeah. some
2: supporters in so how we cope with that will be will be interesting because obviously we, we had the supporters at at Shrewsbury and well, we didn't really turn up that day anyway but whether that played a part in that I don't know but looking at Swindon's season so far it's not been great but then when you look at how we performed against the likes of Burton and Shrewsbury this season we haven't been great either so we need to make sure that we don't you know get too complacent get too confident and go into those games thinking that they're already won and then churning out a performance like we did at Shrewsbury a few weeks back uh, and at and at Burton as well so yeah it obviously the the table represent something but at the same time for us it, it doesn't always because there's a shock result in the division every now and then and we spoke earlier about how tight it is so we want to keep our guard up and make sure that we um that we go there and treat it as any other game and make sure we try and come away with three points
1: mm, yeah Nathan obviously with Richie Wellens leaving and John Sheridan coming in I mean Ben was telling us uh, that's that's quite a change in philosophies if if nothing else Um that, that mm. must be quite hard to take for a side that's obviously been on the up and, and and got promotion and got all that momentum that goes with it and all of a sudden to, to have their, their manager who they' they're fond of taken away from them and, and replaced with someone who's a you know a bit bit more a bit bit longer in the tooth and, and probably a bit more set in his ways and obviously ben wasn't too impressed by the by his style of football um mm. that's obviously not them for six a little bit because results certainly haven't picked up.
0: Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to John Sheridan, but I just see him as the lower league of it's Sam Allardyce. Off, mate. Well, right to... off. well, I've already done Poulis before, and I? So I'll leave Poulis alone. That, that was a bit that. different, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, for me, John Sheridan is just like the lower league Sam Allardyce. He's been around, and, and I think I agree with Ben. I mean, Richie Welling was a progressive manager, um, had an identity, whereas I think John Sheridan is more regressive, um, and I think it's more in the sort of mould of. We've had a bit of a bad, bad start. So let's see if we can get some experience, some discipline um, and uh, try to get him to help us stay up. I mean, in terms of discipline, I mean, the last thing he'd done at Wigan, John Sheridan, was literally throw that young kid under the bus, wouldn't it? But uh, when they went in that FA Cup game. But um, yeah, I mean, I can understand why he's not very, you know, not very impressed with the appointment, but I can, I would imagine the Swindon ones, the Swindon are just like we'll try and see if we can get some old school, sort of, you know, was it Sergeant Major or something like that with the old wrestler or whatever, get some discipline into the lads and getting them to stay up. But uh, you are not know, had a great start, but we've spoke about earlier. I mean, MK Dons were apparently woeful and then they'd done a job on us, didn't they? So it's going to be tight, but we've just got to make sure that our players turn up and we have more of the second half and not the first half where we've sort of lost our way a little bit
1: right let's have a listen to it from a Charlton point of view as well now lead asked to preview the game starts off with a bit of team news is Andrew Shinney going to be back in the mix for Saturday
3: Shinney not yet no he's he's not ready yet so from from the last squad that there's not going to be any changes we ain't got anybody else coming back um, so yeah but Albie he I think he's back in with us Monday so he misses out this weekend as well so well okay. uh, so, yeah, nothing's changed from from the last weekend squad,
4: and it's uh, it's another match against a team near the bottom. I think they've lost uh, the last four and spent league wise, um, but they do score goals. Uh, they do concede goals as well. But so I'm guessing the focus will be on the, uh, on our strong de- being strong defensively. But as we mentioned earlier on, crazy games you, you can't take uh, you can't take your foot off the
3: gas. You've got to be fully on it. Yeah, um, what I would say is I, I watched them. they won and played Oxford. They beat Oxford away. Um, which is which is not easy. We know Oxford's a good side. Um, all the other games, they've been in them. They've been in all the other games that they've lost. Uh, I've watched them in four different games and they are changed formation, regular. So it's, it's tough to, to not prepare, but we can concentrate on what we're going to do, but then it's, difficult to get the information before the game because they could play A, B, C, D, like they played four different formations from what I've watched. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's something that was the most important thing is that we turn up on the day and, and, and we do things right and start right. Um, if we do that, then then hopefully we can get the result we all want. So yeah, um, it's more on us. We got to focus
1: on us. There we go. That's Lee Bowyer. Yeah, so no Andrew Shinney, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, exciting times looking ahead to this game. Purely because we're coming off the back of such a good result. I think um, you know it, everyone was eager to to play that game on Tuesday. That unfortunately never happened because they wanted to see if we could reproduce that that second period. You know, as Nathan said just before, we heard from Bo there if we could start off on on the same foot. So it's going to be interesting the way that Bo decides to go with the team, won't it? On on. Saturday, Lewis. Um, and it starts off with the, the question that I think I end up asking every big match preview now, team news-wise. Are we going to go with Bogle or are we going to go with Chucks and EK Lewis?
2: I think he'll go with Bogle. I think purely because anike has been so effective coming off the bench and we saw that again last Saturday. I think Bogle can do the sort of, you know, the hold-up play and the strength play, keep, keep hold of the ball and try and bring maybe Connor Washington into play as the main attacking threat and then as the game wears on and Swindon defenders tire, you bring on Chucks and Ek. And if you're if you're a defender in League One and you're bringing on a fresh Chucks and Ek after 60 minutes, I mean, you're petrified, aren't you? Because, I mean, his performances have been absolutely outstanding like consistently every time he's come on. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Chucks play that role again. I mean, it's a real shame he can't play from the start because he makes such a difference. But I think it's game management with him, as, as Bo has said many times. And I think... If you're looking at it as it is now, I think you probably would, for safety, just keep him on the bench and bring him on after the hour mark as a bit of an impact player. But again, it depends how the games go. You know, Omar might have the game of his life on Saturday; he might score a hat trick. You know, we we don't want to write him off straight away. Um, But yeah, Chucks has really impressed me. But I I wouldn't be surprised if we just saw him uh, come off the bench, you know, midway into the second half to make that impact that he has done, you know, time and time again this season.
1: And obviously, defensively, is it is an area where we've had our injuries recently. But, uh, you know, Akin Fain were now out again for, for, for a long time, which is, the same, was it 14 weeks, I think I heard, which is a similar amount of time that Ryan Innes was was going to be out for. obviously, he's got a bit of a head start. <laughs> um, so he, he's a few weeks ahead uh, of, of that. But you know, it it poses the question, you know, we've seen Prats and we've seen Gunter both drop into that centre-back role. You know, obviously, Piercy you'd expect to be, Fill in one of those gaps, but does he bring Deji back in now? I don't think. I think we've seen Deji for a few minutes at the end of the game against AFC Wimbledon, but other than that, we haven't seen him. But obviously, he's had a week in training to try and pick up some minutes. Which way do you think he'll be tempted to go with that one, Nafe?
0: Um It's a good question. Um, I think Deji will probably come in at some point. I just think, um, I think what you're going to have to do. I mean, against obviously Swindon and Plymouth, uh, I reckon perhaps might start the the Swindon game. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Deji starts the Plymouth one. I think he does need to try and bed him in as much as you know. Pratt has done a job there. Um, I think there was times in the MK game when you know him and Gunter naturally were just they were sort of leaving a lot of space through the middle where they were getting pulled out of position because they're not naturally central defenders. But um, I think they do need to bleed in Deji. Um, I, in my opinion, I think Deji is you know the fourth best centre back we've got. In my opinion. Um, but like you say Fanwo's out you know Innes is out Um, I think if we've got fit centre halves I think we should play the centre halves and centre halves I don't think there's much point putting square pegs in round holes for for no reason Um, especially when Prattley can do a job and maybe lower the load on Ben Watson because we've got two big games coming up with Hull and Peter which are quite close together I've got Boxing Day as well so um, I don't want to overload Watson and Pratt because I think if you go into any game without either of those two um, I think you're, you're lacking quite a bit of experience there And um, so I'd like Deji to play um, on Saturday but it wouldn't surprise me if Pratt comes in but Deji should be started to be bedded in now. um, So we can have Prattley or Watson playing at that deeper sort of role over the Christmas period.
1: Excellent stuff. Right, let's uh, get some predictions in then for the game uh, this Saturday. Starting with you, Lewis, how do you think we'll get on over at the county ground?
2: Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 Charlton.
1: Smashed it. I mean, we have uh, our record at Swindon. We haven't actually played there that often in the league. Obviously, we won there 3-1 3-1 in the League Cup earlier, but the, the, the time before that that we played uh, there in the league I think was the, uh, the 3-0 loss that was uh, Russell Slade's last game. Terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, Nathan, do, do you think we can we can go one step better than we did with Russell Slade in charge?
0: Uh, Well, I was, we talked about this the other day. Every time I see to be on comms, we seem to get a last-minute sort of goal, so I'm going to say that we're going to get a last-minute 2-1 win.
1: Oh, I forgot you were on comms this weekend. Blimey, the people yeah, the then won't, won't know what's hit them.
0: <laughs> well, I've been t- be bringing no, as long as there's no cows about, then it'd be all right, yeah,
1: wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Ch- ch- checking for banjos on the way in, Swindon security, excellent stuff. Right, uh, we've run out of time on this week's big match preview. Uh, thanks to all of you who've listened all the way to the end. Thanks to Nathan Lewis for tuning in. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate cheers guys don't forget we'll be back on sunday as well with our last show before christmas to look back at whatever happens against swindon and hopefully some sort of christmas fun and games if i can work out how to get that to work remotely but until then uh, look forward to speaking to you on sunday i've been louis mendez and we shall see you again on the weekend <laughs>